0: I will spend up to my 42nd birthday single and childless. Wow, how did that happen? I'm Helen Gallagher. This is Happy and Childless, a podcast designed to help you move into your next chapter in life, fulfilling new dreams, finding new passions and starting to live a fulfilling life again. I'm on this journey too, so we can do this together. I will be speaking with inspirational men and women and asking what happiness looks like to them, sharing tips and techniques which can help us move forward into our next chapter happy and childless. On today's episode, I will be speaking with Marilissa Beatty. Marilissa was crowned Mrs. Pennsylvania 2020 and is competing for Mrs. America. Marilissa is founder of Bigger Than Infertility, designed to find healing and empowerment through community service. If you want to take inspiration from an unassuming woman who is continuously hitting new heights of success, then listen to this podcast. I know you're going to love it. Marilissa, welcome to Happy and Childless. Thank you so much. And congratulations on becoming Mrs. Pennsylvania 2020. Oh, thank you kindly. It's exciting. It's very exciting and a massive achievement. So speaking with you today, I mean, it's a real honor. um, And I have genuinely really looked forward to this podcast. Since we first connected, I've been reading your Instagram posts and listening to YouTube. All of our appearances have been canceled, which is brilliant. And the more I listen and read all about you, if I'm honest, the more I admire you. You just seem just genuinely really rounded. Oh,
1: thank you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So, um, would you be able to give like a brief summary of your child free journey and when you started to decide to move forward
1: sure absolutely so my husband and i actually got married quite young we met in college and he proposed to me the month after i graduated which was a shock to me because at that point in my life i wasn't thinking about marriage apparently he was but i said yes (laughs) i bet he was (laughs) yes and i mean honestly it was the best decision of my life but we did everything according to the quote-unquote blueprint, right? We went to college, we got married, we bought the house (laughs) in the good school district, and then just we're waiting for these babies to show up because that's the plan, right? (laughs) And it didn't quite turn out like that. And my infertility manifests in the form of multiple repeat miscarriage and so after about three years and after the final pregnancy loss we just had to reevaluate everything and our quality of life was suffering because of this the marriage obviously wasn't ideal because of this and we decided to choose life we decided to choose ourselves and our happiness and so at that point we We decided to go with the child-free life, which wasn't an easy decision. But honestly, these years later, I don't regret a thing. And I know we did the right thing for us.
0: And that's such a really strong, brave decision at that time because you were so young as well.
1: Yes, I think I was about 33 when we made that decision. So many people might say, oh, wow, that's so young. You could have kept going on. But, you know, everybody's journey is different everybody can see one thing from the outside but not know what's going on internally or behind closed doors. And so everybody might make that decision at a different time. And I really think there's no right or wrong way to do it. You really just have to do what feels
0: right for you. No, absolutely. And I think for myself, um, you know, I, it, did, it wasn't given to me as a choice. It was my choice that I made. And I think sometimes that is even harder to do because, mm-hmm. you know, you can keep trying and you can keep pursuing that, but then there is a, there is, um, a sacrifice to that and that is mental health, relationships and, and happiness. Absolutely. So, and I think, um, you know, that's a really brave brave decision to make. In one of your interviews, you mentioned that you, at the time going through your infertility journey, that you, you took a leap of faith and you set up your own business. That's right. At the same time, tell me about that. <laughs> <Well, laughs> like You've you not know. got enough going on. <laughs>
1: It just felt like I I had to, so right, at the time I was working at a conventional full-time job and because I was going through fertility treatments, I was having to take time off of work to go to all of these different appointments. So sometimes I'd have to go to weekly appointments, sometimes it was twice a week, but ultimately through all of this, I kept having to ask somebody else's permission to take that time off, right? And so I, I kind of got fed up with asking permission to try to pursue something that had to deal with my own health. I also felt kind of bad for just being in and out of the office. I kind of thought maybe people were wondering what was going on with me. Was I okay? But ultimately, I, at that point in my life that I felt such a lack of control over my body and my situation... I needed to take back control in some way. And so I took control by saying, I'm not asking you if I can go to the doctors anymore. I'm starting my own business. I'm going to work for myself and I'm going to do what I have to do to try to make this happen.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I love my job. Like, I am a career person. I love sales. I love, I love working with people and meeting new people. And, and that does give me a purpose in life you know, to be successful and to just to to achieve something really for myself. So my job is definitely a, a way that I, I've used it to put all my energy into to move forward. Mm-hmm. So you have a master's degree. Are uh, you a CEO of two businesses? You've looked. You launched your own community service project, Bigger Than Infertility, which we'll talk about in a bit. And at the age of 34, you watched a film called Dumplin and decided (laughs) you were going to be Mrs. Pennsylvania. So you went out and achieved that too. (laughs) Like, you sound like you're doing quite well for yourself. Uh, Thank you. You know, I think also it is
1: part of being happy and childless, right? We Mm. have to make decisions and tried to take control and follow paths that lead to our happiness. So I think that's what I've tried to do. And maybe I've not necessarily realized this before until right now talking with you. <laughs> I think control has been a big theme in my journey. Again, going back to the fact that I felt so out of control of a particular situation that I assumed would be no problem. Mm-hmm. I needed to take back control in some way. So I set about just trying to achieve all the things I
0: had dreamed to achieve. And genuinely that is really inspirational. And I think from, you know, one of the messages that I want to sort of convey to people like ourselves is that you have to, the people who are stuck and stuck in that decision of, do I move forward? Do I actually choose to move forward or carry on with the frustration and and where the place that really is causing so much unhappiness, you know? And um, I think it's just taking action. Like you say, taking control, taking action and looking at other things in your life that you can actually have some control over and make happen, which inevitably will bring happiness into your life. Mm -hmm. So I really do need to talk more to you, though, because um, I started an exercise regime at the start of the year and I got tendinopathy of the hamstring. I started dry January on the 4th of January and finished on the 6th. Yes, And I've been on the diet since the age of 20 and managed to put on three stones. So we need to chat. Like it is difficult. (laughs) It is so difficult because I think to myself, it's not difficult to go to the gym. It's not difficult to, you know, I have no children. I have the time. So why is it so difficult? And it's, Mm -hmm. and just simple things like that, that, you know, I, I set off to do something and then I fail in my mind. So part of this journey now is for me to set realistic targets for myself that I really do want to, to achieve. And that seems like you've done that and you're ticking off this this list, this fabulous list of things that you want to do? Kind
1: of. But I think everything I've done, including pageantry, including starting the businesses, including starting the National Service Project, they didn't all just happen. And at some point, I thought about it and I thought about it. And then I just had to make the decision. Mm -hmm. So I could have easily not but mm-hmm, I just hit this mental point that I'm like, I need to jump now or never. And I just end up jumping. <laughs> and, you know, you can end up making mistakes. <laughs> you can end up getting hurt. But if you don't make that leap, then you'll just never know. Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, worst case scenario, even if you make the jump and you make a mistake and you get hurt, you will always learn something from it. So even if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to, You have that experience that you didn't have before. And ultimately, you end up learning something about yourself. Ultimately, you'll probably end up meeting people that you never thought you would have met. I mean, we've never met in person. We live in two separate countries, thousands of miles away. And because we both took these different leaps to try to pursue something we wanted,
0: now we're here having this lovely chat. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm going to learn how to become Mrs. Hinkley. yes. <laughs> Sorry, um, so, like you know, one thing that I want to work towards myself is to help me heal and grow and be happy is, is being the very best version of me, which might be a little bit of a harsh, you know, like putting too much pressure on myself. But in, in small ways, I want to achieve that. Um, and when I look at uh, genuinely, I think you are inspirational. And I think when you look at what you're doing and your being, you know, you're being, you're know, you an inspiration to lots of women out there who who are struggling from childlessness because I look at what you're doing and you seem to be your best version of you. Where does your determination come from? And do you ever struggle with, you know, the starting dry January on the fourth and finishing on the sixth, you know, that, that lack of motivation?
1: 100% yes, 100% yes. And I will say, At the time that I started pageantry, at the age of 34, after watching the movie Dumplin', it was because at that point I was kind of struggling. I wasn't necessarily eating well because I wasn't motivated to do so. I wasn't being consistent at the gym because I wasn't motivated to do so. And I needed something. I guess I could recognize in myself that something had to change. And I needed something to kind of step out of my comfort zone and challenge me so that I could re-motivate myself. And pageantry kind of fell into my lap. And that's a a great excuse to go to the gym and eat healthy when you have to be on stage in a bathing
0: suit. I really (laughs) want to talk to you about this, though, because it's like, you know, one of the things that I have spoke about in my previous podcast, apart from being child-free and coping with that. I haven't turned 40 now. So things change, you know, my hair changes, your body changes, you know, there's so many changes and it's difficult to cope with that at the age. And I ask everybody this, I don't know why, you know, I mean, you're young, so you're only 36. So, but yeah, you know, to go and do something like Mrs. Pennsylvania, I believe this is your first time that you did that.
1: It was my second. So oh, I second, started sorry. in Colorado. I did that once kind of knowing nothing about yeah. pageantry. And then I decided to compete again. So Pennsylvania was my second.
0: So for me, I'm way too insecure to, to put myself out there. And and it's just such a, you know, for you to do that and to, and to win it, it's amazing. Thank you. Well, you know, not everybody who starts in pageantry
1: is feeling secure about it. I know a number of women who started it in hopes that it would help build their confidence and build their poise. And I've seen it happen. I've met these women and you see them at the start of their journey to the end and They've gained so much because pageantry isn't necessarily about just winning. And if you don't leave with the crown, it doesn't mean you've lost, not, mm. not by a mile. It's really your journey to get there and to get yourself on stage is what the prize is. And so I don't even like wearing a bathing suit just out in public in general.
0: Mm. But
1: I figured knowing that end point, it would help me get to the gym, do your squats You know, (laughs) put on the cellulite cream and (laughs) and just do it. And when you're on stage, really, it's less about what your body looks like and more about just how you present yourself. Yeah. And I think that there's an important lesson in that, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it can teach you confidence, I guess. And I think, you know, when you've been through the struggle and and you're feeling that your body's not serving you, then to get fit and to get out there and do something like that is, is definitely therapeutic, isn't it? And definitely good for your whole mindset.
1: Right. That's true. That's true.
0: I'll get in the gym. I'll go to the gym later. Your inspiration. So, I mean, I've always said grow old gracefully, but I'm not so sure about that. So, um, easy. <laughs> <laughs> so you are an outwardly, you know, such a positive and happy person. That's what you come across like, but you know, there must have, have been in this last 10 years, been some really hard times for you. And I'm intrigued to understand how you coped.
1: Right. There have been hard times. And I think looking back, honestly, one of my greatest fears and one of the hardest things I dealt with wasn't even what my life would end up being without children. I was more so so terrified of disappointing other people, like disappointing my husband, obviously, disappointing my parents and his parents who wanted grandchildren or disappointing family members who every time I saw them were just like, when is the baby coming? You know, Disappointing other friends with kids who had all these grand visions of our children, you know, growing up as best friends and, oh, they're going to get married. So the disappointment factor was really difficult for me, especially in making the decision. And especially when it came time to tell people I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I was I was afraid of their reactions and. Our parents, luckily, are 100% supportive of us. They gave us no grief about, you know, are you sure? Mm Because they knew. I mean, they saw our struggles. So they knew we were making the right choice for ourselves. But there were some people who we told who didn't react so well.
0: Wow. And
1: I think just, you know, sometimes people were just surprised and they didn't know what to say. Yeah. And I think sometimes people would react in a way that didn't mean to be really offensive, but it was very Mm -hmm. offensive. So for example, we told this one person, and this person said, Oh, I couldn't imagine my life without my children. I
0: was like, Cool. Wow, how insensitive. I'm gonna go
1: take a step over here and just kind of breathe for a second. But you know, so I was really afraid of disappointing people, but you know, one thing I learned through all of this, and it took time and it took years to to live with and settle, is that you just really can't worry about other people. You have to do what's right for you. You cannot live for other people because no. you're never going to find happiness that way. And one secret to happiness and childlessness is just doing what's right for you.
0: And everybody else, you can spend your life worrying about what other people think about your situation, but... Everybody else has their own situations as well. Oh, absolutely. Aren't they? So you know, I, I worried so much that my mum was really, really, you know, um, disappointed that she wasn't going to have grandchildren. And I did speak to her once about it. And, and her response was, I'm not here for a babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Actually, I'd been sat there worrying myself that I wasn't going to take my children around to say on a Saturday night. And actually, I, I don't think she actually wanted it anyway. I mean, I'm sure she would have loved grandchildren, but, but you make assumptions, don't you? And those assumptions can really cripple you.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I know so many people with kids who just assume people can't wait to babysit their children. Yeah. And the people they're asking are like, Oh, no, not again. What how, am I do I, do with how do I politely say, you know, not this weekend, I have things that I want to do.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, everybody
1: has has their struggle. Nobody's That's... life is perfect. <laughs> no,
0: definitely not. But um, there are a few things that um, I touch on um, which is really important to me in my sort of journey through childlessness to happiness and the things that I've, I, I've been through. So, the first one, if we can just talk about a couple of these. So, grief. I didn't realize that that's what I was feeling and going through, you know, what I was going through wasn't just emotion and Helen being emotional as always. And, you know, depression or self-pity, even some people tend to think that that is is what what it is. But actually, I was grieving. You know, I'd I'd split up from my husband, who my best friend. So it's a loss of a marriage and the loss of that life that we had, which was a really good life. And then the loss of the dream of being a mum. So all of that loss, it compounded into real um, grief for myself. And then when I realized that it was grief, then I could start to process it and deal with it and move forward. And I just wondered, you know, in your journey, obviously you've had losses and I'm really sorry for this, you know, your story, but how did you recognize and deal with and process and manage your way through those times of grief and other times of grief that I know you've had?
1: Mm. That's a great question. I don't even know.
0: <laughs> difficult. I think
1: maybe because in my particular case because we did have multiple repeat miscarriages, the grief was visceral. I mean, it was every time there was a loss, there was no no other feeling to have. But I guess I did kind of struggle with it cuz I am a positive person, and I, I try to stay positive, so I had a hard time with getting beat down so often and so frequently. it was It was tough. I really just tried to keep myself busy. I think at the same time when I was feeling grief, I was feeling so many other feelings, like I was feeling a lot of isolation because everybody else we knew was having babies. Mm-hmm we had bought the house in the good school district that happened to be in a really boring suburb <laughs> that was far, that was far away pretty distance wise for my friends yeah. so i felt physically isolated based on where i lived and there was nothing going on around there i felt emotionally isolated because i didn't talk to anyone about my struggles and everybody else was happily inviting me to all these Baby showers. Baby showers. You, 101 you know, baby showers. And that girl in the back with the wine bottle. <laughs> you know? Been there, done that you know, everyone else is like, I'm not drinking because I'm pregnant too. You know, <laughs> and you're just like, oh my word. So there was just a lot going on. And I guess we just tried to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we tried to continue to travel and we tried to continue to exercise. And at times it was a slog. I mean, there's no secret to it, but I guess it was just to get through the grief, trying to continue to make choices and trying to continue to take control of the things that we could.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is just so well put. And, um, and I saw you play golf as well with your husband. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> like, I tried to play golf, actually. And, it's um, nice, right? I love it. I'm really straight, but I've got no power. So yeah. I want to hit it further, but I'm really straight. So I'm definitely right. going to take that back up again when I can get back out again. Well,
1: straight is good. So, hmm. you know, in the game of golf, take what you can get. It was what I yeah. say, because
0: suddenly <laughs> things can start going in all directions. And then- Absolutely. I've been there as well. I had a golf lesson and, and honestly, I was worse. I was so much worse after the golf lesson. I thought, oh no, go back to the bad ways. But yeah, no. So, you know, obviously, you know, you're finding ways to move forward and travel and exercise. And and that is all we can do, isn't it? Is to to fill that emptiness that maybe we, we felt with other things to be grateful for and, and to enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know what the silver lining is? We have the time. Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's I, why I should be fit, but I'm not. We have the time, you know. And so I, I do have a number of friends, especially, you know, who are mothers and especially when their kids are younger, they talk to me and they're like, I see all the things you do. I haven't had time to do a thing. Mm. You know, I wish I just had some time to myself. So, the silver lining for us is we do have some additional time and mm-hmm. so we can really lean into things that that make us happy.
0: No, absolutely. And um so the next one then is um community. So, peer to peer healing is invaluable so talking with people like yourself you know it helps it you look at people and think wow you know she's doing it you know she's been successful she's she's been through her struggles but she's finding happiness for herself and it, and it truly is inspirational and my community I looked outside um I looked for new friends new groups childless groups and and whilst I found some solace in some of those communities you know I I felt I'd walked away from my own community, which was my friends and family, because I was not accepting their position of having children. And, you know, I felt like they had something I didn't have. And I wasted opportunities to not turn up for baby showers or christenings. And because I didn't, I couldn't cope with that. Um, but now I'm, I'm trying to reconnect with that community. So I guess, you know, who, who was your community back then through that journey? And is that different now? Or have you gone back to, to that community? Mm-hmm.
1: So I think my community has always been my friends and family. I, even when I was going through all the losses, I just, you know, was really happy for everybody. So I stayed friends with all my friends. What I did lack, I felt that I didn't really have a space for how I was feeling within the infertility community at large. So so I'm incredibly happy that people like you are putting on You know, doing programming like this because when I was at the point where I was about to make the decision to live child free, I felt I had no place. Mm -hmm. So in the infertility blogs, I almost felt like a pariah because I was somebody who was about to quote unquote give up. Yeah. You know, and there's this whole movement in the infertility community that's like, stop at nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So then they see someone like me and it's kind of like, oh, get out of here. You don't belong here. And at that time, I didn't see a lot of communities for women like us who are kind of living that the childless life and trying to make the best of it. So again, going back to the idea of isolation, in terms of that community, I felt very isolated. But once I got more into looking into different types of communities, and now that time's going on and women like you are doing this, I feel a lot better. And I wish I had that support back then, but I didn't.
0: Yeah, and I've heard that. I've had people contact me and say... And I've never really looked at it that way because I've always made that decision. And then when I came into this, it was from a place of I've made my decision and now I want to help people to be happy because I know it's possible. And um, But there's a lot of people who have contacted me to say that the infertility community can be quite oppressive and doesn't allow them the opportunity to say, hang on, I'm going to stop and I'm going to stop paying for myself and for my partner and, and make a different decision. It's a little bit like they're shamed into that. And I'd yeah. never seen it like that, but that's very, very common. But I mean... Happy and Childless is aimed at women in that position and, and trying to drive it forward and find a new purpose and meaning in life. And, um, and this is a great time to talk about bigger than infertility. Yeah. So what inspired you then? Why now? Good questions. So I guess in part of
1: becoming a childless woman, basically I had to reimagine my life and I had to redefine my life because my husband and I assumed we'd have a family And now all of a sudden, we're moving on without it. So in terms of redefining myself and rebuilding myself, community service is something that really helped in that. Because if you're not having a baby, you know, you can feel less than right, you can feel less than a woman, less than a person, less than, but we're not, we're not at all. We have so many gifts to give. And so I learned that through getting involved in community service. And so I wanted to maybe help other women who could be, you know, helped by volunteerism as well. I'll use the word volunteerism. Right? I was just <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> say, talked about what it's like, really what
0: crime did you commit?
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> volunteering. Um, because it helps. And, you know, if you're feeling down, a great way to immediately improve your mood and actually kicks off those happy hormones in your body, like your endorphins, if you help somebody chemically, your mood improves. And so what I want to do is help inspire women around America, but around the world Mm -hmm. to just take a little bit of time and volunteer and go Mm -hmm. help somebody else. And I will say, you know, when I was going through my infertility journey, I was so Mm self-involved in what was going on. It never even occurred to me to volunteer and help somebody else. But if I had, I think it would have been a really nice mental break. You know, take one hour to, help organize cans at the food pantry, or if you're someone who likes events, maybe help volunteer with event planning or volunteer at an event, take your mind off it. And then when you're done, you're going to feel so good for having helped someone else.
0: No, I think Um, it's a great idea.
1: Yeah. And another thing about childlessness is you kind of feel like, well, what am I leaving behind in the world or who am I leaving behind in the world? Maybe no one physically, but if you're helping other people, you are touching their lives and you're helping them and you're impacting them for the better. So the idea behind this um, volunteer hours drive is to A, help women like us achieve healing and empowerment through volunteerism. B, share what you've done with others in the community to hopefully inspire them to do so. And C, I think that's where I am at this point. At the (laughs) end of the year, when all these hours have been collected, we can say, look, you know, 300 hours of volunteerism has been done this year from women like us. What an impact that is. You know, in that 300 hours, how many people have been touched? And you'd be surprised the smallest bit of help may mean nothing to you. That one hour may not mean much to you you'd be surprised the difference it can make in someone else's life.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it is absolutely amazing and very selfless. And I think going back to what you were saying before, I think when you're in that place of, you know, you're looking inside yourself, you don't see outside, do you? You've given up on everything around you because it's just this one focus of having a baby and the loss and the grief. You know, I think you've moved on into a different place. I think, I think it's that how we can get people to say, okay, maybe stop looking inside you know like maybe try something different you know so try and and because there will be people who'll say well why should I do community service just because I'm childless you know like uh, you know I I, why should I I've got this issue but if you can if you can stop looking at it like that and think about what you can get from helping people like you say the happiness the endorphins that come from that meeting new people Mm -hmm. Filling your time doing different things and with every activity that you do gives you an opportunity to find a new way Mm -hmm. so but I think the challenge for people is to is to change from looking inside to actually thinking who could I help now and how can I give the you know the skill sets that we have which are, are, are many are plentiful to the community so I think it's a great idea we'll roll it out in the UK When you've done it there, you can come over here and do it here too. Yes. So what's the reception (laughs) been like? Have people been, have you got good signing?
1: Well, so far, as of a couple of days ago, we have 200 hours pledged. Wow. So my struggle right now, because it's new, is just spreading the word. Mm -hmm. And so I've never necessarily been someone who's incredibly savvy at social media. And as we know, social media is the main tool to spread information. So right now I'm really just trying to get the word out. So I really, really appreciate this opportunity to speak about it on your podcast, because hopefully even if one person hears this and is interested in it, Absolutely. that's helpful. So right now my challenge is really just getting the word out there. But when people hear about it, they like it. So
0: it's good. I just need yeah, to have a more great people idea. know about it. No, we well, really, really good luck with that. But definitely volunteerism over here. <laughs> yes, good
1: to know. When you told me about the community service and what that terminology <laughs> means over there, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'll say <laughs> volunteer.
0: But it's a really, really good idea. So good luck with that. So um, just moving on quickly to happy and childless life matrix. Yes. So my nine grid life matrix. So I really, genuinely, this helped me. So when I looked at it and thought, all my focus is on that one area of having children. I was letting myself go from a health perspective. I hardly spoke to my friends, my family. My job wasn't going too well. So, you know, I really had to look and think, okay, what can I do in each of those boxes of my life to make things better for me? So for you then, in your late 20s, when you were going through this, this struggle, what was your matrix like then? And which boxes did you let go? And, and what did you do in the last 10 years to, to change that? I know you've not had 10 since then, so sorry.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's okay. First of all, I want to say I love your matrix. Thank you. I think if anyone hasn't seen it yet and they're listening to this, drop what you're doing and look at it right now. It's actually quite genius. Okay, so I think at that time, I think fitness wasn't Mm. something I was taking care of. Friends and family, I very much tried to, but maybe even more so family. I, I feel like I did withdraw a bit. Just because, again, that fear of disappointing and just the fear of constantly being asked about it. (laughs) So, you know, every time you go to a family party, you have to steal yourself for questions. So I was kind of not doing great there. But as time went on, I think travel is very important. Hobbies are important. So, for example, as an adult out of nowhere, I joined pageantry and that helped me a lot. And that helped other boxes, too, like fitness. So I think it's hobbies for sure and fitness because the mind body connection is very important.
0: Absolutely. So quick fire questions if I can. Here it goes. So are you happy?
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: What would you say to your younger self? Don't worry so much about disappointing other people. Follow your own heart and do what's right for you excellent and um and finally what advice would you give somebody to access happiness what would be the one thing that you could say to access happiness
1: you have to work at it <laughs> you know happiness is a, a noun right but it's
0: also kind of a verb it's an active verb you need to pursue excellent so Marilisa, thank you so much for doing this podcast i could actually sit here and talk to you all day yeah but- same
1: thank you for the opportunity
0: Yeah, but good luck. Good luck with the Bigger Than Infertility and definitely um, we can share and and get the word out there because I just think it's such an excellent idea and can help so many people. And finally, uh, good luck with Mrs. America. Oh, thank you so much. I'm rooting for you. You've got my vote. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Maralissa is the perfect example of being happy and childless. She worked through her own struggle with infertility to come out stronger and more determined to succeed in life and create a fulfilling next chapter. Go to biggerthaninfertility.org and pledge some of your time or learn more about what other inspirational men and women are doing to gain fulfilment and give support to their community. Alternatively, learn more about Marilissa on her Instagram, Mrs. Pennsylvania America 2020. Thank you for listening to my Happy and Childless Podcast. My aim is to help empower you to move forward and take steps towards a happy and fulfilling life without children. Please subscribe to my podcast to hear more great episodes. Check me out on Instagram and happyandchildless.co.uk.